and he's got his cloak like billowing in the wind like everything about that scene he looks great he sounds great he looked evil like it looked kind of like a vader like a vader moment like where a bad guy's on the catwalk yeah catwalk's historically not a great place to meet a billowing cloaked figure i thought he was gonna kill that guy i thought he was gonna like cut the cord to the elevator and the elevator was gonna drop it was a very like intense scene where i was just like somebody's gonna get shot in this scene And we are live with another episode of the Andor After Show. We're talking about episode 10 of Andor, the new Star Wars uh, Disney Plus show uh, that went live, what, earlier tonight or earlier in the morning, whatever you want to call it. We're here on a Wednesday night here to talk about episode 10 of Andor. I'm your host, Demetra Pereira. We also got co-host Sarah Zitney, a.k.a. Miss Marauder. Hello. Sarah, how's it going? Going good. Do you have a catchphrase at this point? Uh, I no, but I think it's gonna be uh, now that I can do a green screen because my hair's not green. I'm gonna make a, a meme of the the Simpsons in the movie where uh, Bart goes, "It's the worst day of my life," and then Homer goes, "The worst day of your life so far." But I'm gonna make it. This is the best episode of Andor. The best episode of Andor so far because I think <laughs> that's my. Is your hair gray? Is that what it is? No, it's blonde-ish, depending on the... uh, I'm doing a cosplay of a character that has short blonde hair, and I do not know how to style a short wig, so I just dyed my hair blonde. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. Is that for LA (laughs) Comic-Con? No, it's for uh, Anime Expo Chibi. Oh, yeah, that's right. uh, Coming up this weekend, so... Yeah, cool. be there uh, Friday and Sunday. There's a lot of there's a lot of cons around here. In yeah, and then there's yeah there's an- so it's Anime Expo TV this weekend, then Anime Pasadena next weekend, mm-hmm. then Thanksgiving, then LA Comic Con. Yeah, so very uh, busy month. Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't get I didn't get okayed for press badges this year for LA Comic Con. I got mm-hmm. the email. So for anyone out there who is watching this live, uh, you're watching this on twitch.tv slash the Keeg show or youtube.com slash the Keeg show, or you're listening to the podcast, wherever you get your podcast from. But you know, you may be a fan of listening to this show, but I guess LA Comic Con is not. So (laughs) they're lost. They're lost. Uh, Mm -hmm. Just like every other episode, we got a new guest today because every guest up until this point they don't even last like they last one episode and then like we got to fire them you know so that's why we got a new guest today a new hire we got Cassiana Posey is it Posey yes it is okay cool 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 uh last time I had you on the show it wasn't for Andor obviously but it was uh Instagram live chat and we chatted a little bit and uh you're a big fan of Star Wars Oh, absolutely, I am. <laughs> and an even bigger fan of Cassian Andor, so. Is it because of the name? I just love Batman very yeah. much. <laughs> what if he was just a horrible just... character? He was just, like, boring. And it was and like. That would, it would be really disappointing. But thank God he's an amazing character with now an incredible show. So it works out great for me. <laughs> it's, I, I think I could safely say it's my favorite show. It's my favorite show of the year. Yeah, I would agree with you on that one for sure. Like we're 10 episodes in. Like I think I'm I'm saying like like 
yeah, am I was I a fan of all the other Star Wars shows? Yes. But also, like, Andor has left me every time the episode ends, I'm like, I don't know what I'm gonna do for the next week because I need to I, like I need these episodes to come out and I have to wait a week in between them. Yeah. I can't remember the last time that I really was anticipating a show every single week. Like I literally find myself like almost like tweeting every single week. Like I miss, I miss Cassie and I need, I need a new episode like right now. And it's been a while since I felt that. And not only is it like a TV show that like, I feel that, but it's also star Wars. So it just gets me more excited again, which is awesome. Which is nice. Like it's a real big win when your favorite like property or franchise does like a really good thing. Mm-hmm. and like you know if you're a star wars fan and you're like oh shit yeah Andor is like really fucking good mm-hmm. uh that's a great thing but then when you're like a dc fan like me and it's like black adam was a movie cool <laughs> you're like i watched it i didn't actively hate every mm-hmm. moment of it i'm glad that i didn't yeah oh, i didn't good. leave yeah. i was you know my I, thing is, if do you remember things about it? Because that's always been my gripe. I, I'm the world, not probably not the world's biggest, but one of the biggest Batman versus Superman haters because I watched it and I was like, I don't remember a single, I like 10 I minutes out the, 10 minutes out of the movie theater. I was like, what just happened? I have no idea what I cannot, I could not describe a single detail of what happened. Yeah. You know, what's, what's bad about the bad movies nowadays? It's, it's kind of, it's, kind of funny they're really long they're long but it's that they do have some good moments like even batman vs superman which is my least favorite dc movie has good moments but then because of those good moments if you really pinpoint those good moments and you're like yeah it was i liked it but i i remember thinking everything cool that happened happened in a dream sequence oh i was like (laughs) there was a couple cool scenes and they all ended up being dreams that's life. Sometimes the coolest, like when you wake up in the morning, you're like, send me back. Please. <laughs> Not me. I, I had a couple of stress dreams about trying to get San Diego Comic-Con tickets. Um, oh. And then they came true. Oh, no. Yeah, same. <laughs> did, you, did you try to get San Diego Comic-Con tickets, Cassiana? I did. Did I not work out? Woke, no. Oh, God, no. no. <laughs> it, was, it was terrible because I got in and like, I guess I just didn't understand the process. I bought so many comic convention tickets in the past i've been to so many i did not know about the whole registration factor of it i thought i was registered i thought my boyfriend was also registered go to buy tickets nothing is found i've never gotten an email from san diego comic-con in my life apparently uh (laughs) and i was let in yeah i was let in and then i registered and then it kicked me back out had to get back in line so I was like okay cool I'm registered but I can't get tickets because now they are all sold out (laughs) yeah Yeah. I was on for about four hours in returning registration uh never even got close for a ticket um and then uh I was on the purchase screen when the ticket sold out oof oh it was truly I was like this is a first world problem for sure but it was (laughs) it was real devastating I was like I would have rather not gotten close then be the next person in line for tickets as the tickets. It was tragic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I want to get to talking about Andor, but I also want to talk about ticket buying. Taylor Swift announced her concert tickets. And then like, you have to like register, like wait in line and register. 
and then pick your like priority locations like in a priority and then it's it's like ranked voting i i think you get like first and second pick and so like i did it and tickets go on sale technically like in a week but like (laughs) they will tell you if you're able to buy tickets or not with your priority and whatever and capital one card users get like pre-sale tickets so my mom got an email and she's like do you want to go to taylor swift i'm like i wish i was more of a fan i bet people are like what over this (laughs) pre-sale we need to go yeah give people your mom's phone number (laughs) let your mom be other people's moms that's how it works loan your mom out (laughs) buy the tickets and just like i don't know resell them charter people out like yeah yeah um but yeah ticket buying ticket buying sucks that being Mm -hmm. said what is free is watching andor on disney plus we don't have to stay in line and buy tickets um do you guys watch uh cassiana do you watch andor when it like right when it drops because i know that i don't remember what time zone you're in but like it drops at midnight pacific I am in central time, so oh. that means when an episode drops, it is 2 a.m. Yeah. here. Um, there have been some times where I'm so excited for an episode, I will stay up. But there's been some times where it's like, I need some sleep. I'll just wake up early in the morning, watch the episode. And today was terrible because I woke up late. I had to go run and do a ton of errands. And then by the time I got home to actually watch the episode, it was 4 o'clock and everybody was tweeting about it and that was, I've never waited so long to watch an Andor episode. And I'm really sad that this was the episode that I waited so long to watch during yeah. the day. But uh, otherwise, you, yeah, I usually did do you watch get, it at the drink club. Did things get spoiled for you? Not necessarily. Okay. No, I think just somebody was in my mentions that like mentioned something about, um, can't swim. Mm. And I was like, wait, 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 what are we talking about here? What are we talking about? <laughs> I tried not to like, like say spoilers for it because i'm like i want to be able to talk about it. so like i tweeted i was like mm-hmm. there's three words that killed me mm-hmm. it killed me i i can't it's uh, oh. uh <laughs> yeah i accidentally posted a video that had like a spoiler uh one of evie's videos and i thought that it was one of those things that everybody knew um and then people really started yelling at me and i was like i'm Wait, sorry what? what was it <laughs> with my hero academia i was oh. like this is how you find <laughs> out um but at least there's a cute child and the video is adorable <laughs> um but i was like when i was googling for character costume references like when you type in the character name like the next suggested one is like death really oh. dead oh, no. dead scene and it's almost like i assume that everybody uh it's out in the manga which has been out for a couple months. So oh, yeah. I made a little jokey Uh-oh. joke about it. Um, and there were people that were like, what does the caption mean? And I was like, Uh-oh. sorry, sorry, everybody. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> didn't realize it was going to get 65,000 views. Um, I apologize. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, spoilers are a big thing. And especially in like a, well, so in this, it's like a weekly show. And like, sometimes people take a couple days to watch it, which is fair. I feel like a couple days to watch it, like, that's fair. Like, and like for uh, for a movie, it's like a week until you can, if you can't see it in, like, the way I view spoilers is I don't blame the person if they have a busy life. I'm just like, I don't blame them. But at the same time, if you have a busy life, 
and you can't put time aside for it, that's okay. I don't blame you. You're not a bad person, but you can't expect other people to like not talk about it. After a week of of a movie, I think like spoiler, like you got to spoil, like spoil. That's that's what it it's, is. It's it's free free reign. You might I as think well. so. I think a week is fair. Like again, it is. If you can't see it until week two, that sucks. Uh, speaking of talking, what an episode of Andor for talking. For talk, what do you mean for talking? Like the speeches, every it was oh, like yes. oh my gosh, there were so Speech, many speechorama. It was yeah. oh lord. In each one yeah. of them, I was like, I have chills. I have chills again, and oh my god, chills for the third time. <laughs> I had yeah. chills re-watching it. I was like, that's how yeah. good it is. I had chills on a second watch, knowing what was happening. Um oh. uh, like who's writing this stuff? They're doing some amazing seriously. job in the writer's room. Keep them going. <laughs> yeah. Um I I take notes. I always take notes as I'm watching it, and I'll take notes of like quotes I particularly like. And the Luthan speech at the end, I started writing stuff down, and then I was like, "Nope, I'm writing the I'm." It's the whole speech. It's all quotes. Transcript. I was like, I just have to. I was like, I'll just find a, a transcript of it later because the whole thing is like. Good. It's on Reddit. Somebody yeah. somebody wrote out the whole Luthan speech Dang. on Reddit because somebody was like, "Oh, they want to take it to auditions." That's that's the first thought I had. I was yeah. like, that's an audition speech. Yeah, for sure. It was so it's so good. I'm gonna look it up, but like let, let's talk about this episode. We have okay. the main storyline is the prison story, right? <laughs> then we have Mon Mothma dealing with whatever Davo, right? Davo's the kind of gangster kind of guy. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like that's kind of like a sleeper storyline, especially in this one. It's, I think it's easy to be like, oh, yeah, also there's a little Mon Mothma bit. But when you go back and watch that Mon Mothma bit, that was intense. Yeah. Like, that was strange. Yeah. It was. Uh, my friend texts me like, uh, like live texts <laughs> the show to me. And she was like five minutes ahead of me. And she was like, oh, there's some Game of Thrones stuff happening. And I was like, what does that mean? What does that mean in this context? And it was like, oh, he's trying to do an arranged marriage of 14-year-olds. I was like, okay, yeah, that's Game of Thrones stuff. I was like, that yeah. could mean so many things. I'm terrified. Yeah. Uh, and then we have, I mean, it was barely anything other than other than um, the prison stuff, right? Yeah, they went to Ferrix for like three seconds to go, Marva's yeah. not doing well. And I was like, don't no, but that was from the previous yeah, that episode. Yeah, was it. Right? We didn't even see her. <laughs> I thought that no, was that was in the episode. It's a back to Ferrix, Marva not doing well. That's it. Oh, I don't remember that part. It was like a. It was like thirty seconds. Yeah, we didn't even get to see Marva. We just got someone talking to like he. The doctor was going over to her house, and, and then they fe- and they showed just like Cinta, just like in the background, like watching them. Like, <laughs> oh, why? How did I miss that? Oh, okay. Um, it was really, really short. It was really quickly just thrown in there. Yeah. Um, there's a Bernie meme. There's somebody made a Bernie meme and it says, I am once again asking for you to stop leaving people who saw your face very clearly alive. <laughs> and it's like Cassian, stop. And then like, uh, um, okay, so let's talk about this. This is the episode I've been waiting for is the prison break. Uh, Cassiana, uh, how have you felt about these episodes leading up to this, like, prison break episode? 
honestly I don't even know how to describe it it's just been like really really great and like I feel like somebody put it really well in a tweet was just like Cassian completing the heist and then escaping prison it's just like he is the most unlucky yet most lucky person alive at this moment I can't even describe it and I feel like it's just he brings that rebellion mentality with him wherever he goes so that's been kind of like the fun part to watch especially with this prison break because I feel like he wouldn't have had as many men backing him he wouldn't have had like Kino in this if, if like he wasn't such an incredibly like rebellious character and such like a good leader so it's been really cool to watch that for yeah. sure but yeah he's definitely he's, like he's definitely like never give up never surrender you know like no matter mm-hmm. what like yeah. like you could take Cassian and put him in a like in a long line at the grocery store and like you know what he's gonna do he's just gonna be like I'm sticking it through Maybe. He's not he's not hopping lines when no. the other one starts moving. He's gonna stick with where he's he not is. gonna leave without <laughs> getting his groceries. You know? I I feel like he's just filling out his like bingo card of action hero stuff because he like escaped from the cops. Uh <laughs> he pulled out a, a heist and now a prison break. So he's just mm-hmm. like three for three. Well, it's on, the, like, it's the cool escape, shit. right? Yeah. Yeah. The, then the heist, then the prison break. Uh, shout but out the- to Aries13 out there in our chat on Twitch and shout out to Mr. Plow. Though Mr. Plow just said, eh, dot, dot, dot. Uh, but Aries13 says writing is so good on the show. And also Miss Marauder has a name. I do. Uh, so glad that Andy Circus got a chance for redemption after Snoke. Um, uh, Andy Circus, it, he, it hurts. It hurts. Like, uh, and then Aries put the uh, the the monologue. And then says Marva refuses to take her meds now. And there's an undercover ISB spy also watching Marva. And then you can see through lines from the writers of the Bourne series to the show. It just feels cool to have that gritty style within a Star Wars universe. Yeah, I mean, it's a gritty style, but it's not only like the gritty style, right? There's something about this show that is like, I don't know, the multiple storylines and like, we didn't see Cyril in this episode, right? Thank we God. Did. I think, <laughs> I I just think everyone, everyone needed an episode to cool off on him from how badly we all wanted to see him die. Yeah. Um, last episode, it was like, let's see, let's give us a minute to cool on Cyril. But I, I was thinking, which is something that I just connected in my brain right now, is we're seeing Cassian essentially leading bigger and bigger groups of people right so at first he was escaping himself right and then he was helping like the six other people do the heist and now he just led a prison break for thousands of prisoners so this idea that he's kind of like blossoming into this like rebel leader he's going to be as he just keeps like genuinely like inspiring and leading more and more people as he goes Mm -hmm. Um, yeah and that that first thing that he says when he's trying to get kino kind of on board saying all the stuff that Kino says again the the I'd rather die trying to take them down than die giving them what they want mm-hmm. is so good and it's so it's that thing of like that's so Cassian right mm-hmm. like it's I it's one of those things it's like hard to describe but that's like that's who Cassian is that is just that's like real Cassian line till the end of course he would say that he's yeah. dying he's dying doing the right thing right he's been through just so many just life-threatening situations where he's like if this is it 
then like I'm going to go through with it because it's a great cause behind it. Like every single time he literally puts his heart into it, like literally thinking, you know, I might die this time, but I like believe in what I'm doing, or at least I know I'm doing like the right thing in like a sort of way. At least he's dying for something, right? Yeah. Because that's a fear. You die unexpectedly. You die just like a refrigerator falls out of a second story, like (laughs) balcony, and then you die. I don't know. Uh, and I feel like it's it's dying for like being willing to die for something but also not being willing to live for something he's not willing to live for so this idea of he's not necessarily orchestrating the prison break for the rebellion he's doing it because we're not going to be a cog in this machine anymore and Mm -hmm. if I have to die I would rather be dead than do this anymore yeah Uh, yeah because there's no hope. We're, I'm just going to do this until I die. So I might as well die trying to escape. Yeah. I love him so much. <laughs> Is he your favorite? Is he your favorite over Din? No. Is Din your favorite over Cassian? Like my favorite Star Wars character or like. Husband, you tell me. Like, you tell me. Uh, ooh, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. I think Din is still my number one. So my problem now with saying Andor is my favorite Star Wars series is I already have a Mandalorian tattoo. So now if I say that Andor is my favorite, I have to get an Andor tattoo. I mean, that's a, <laughs> what's the what's the symbol? It's uh... yeah, the symbol's cool. But um, yeah. I I follow a tattoo artist that does really cool uh, Star Wars tattoos, and she's done a couple K two S O tattoos. So I'm like, I would get a tattoo of K two S O. Oh yeah, uh-huh. heartbeat. In this show, it mentions that, well, Luthen mentions it's been a year. It's been a year since, I'm assuming, the Aldani heist. Or it's been a year since he's met with that one guy. It's been a year since he's met with that guy. But when did he meet that guy? Because Cassian has been in that prison for a while, though, right? Yeah, I think they said the last time they did, it was like 30 shifts. So it's been a, I would say it's probably been a couple months. It's been maybe a two months. Two months, really? Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know. I don't really care. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, know. I don't yeah. think they make it clear, at yeah. least. It's never really presented how many days or anything like that. And there's no real showing of like passing time, you know? Because I feel like you'd be able to tell if, like, you know, he has, like, more of, like, a beard or something like that. But I feel like there's no real, like, physical change you can see. Yeah. I. This show. Uh... It's such a good show, too. Like, when people are like, oh, it's a good Star Wars show. It's like, it's just a good show. It is a good show. Like, it's a it's a good television. Like, it's it's a good show. I mean, it's interesting to see it like it's like trend it was like trending on twitter so many people were talking it and people were like really saying like my favorite like top like so-and-so shows of the year is like house of dragon and like andor like putting it on that type of scale it's crazy because then it just kind of breaks out of its little like star wars box to now just in general it's a great show people were saying like nominated for emmy emmy stuff like that i think that's really really cool to to see yeah um 
like i mean that's the thing with what's called genre tv is that like genre tv genre movies don't get respect that's just a classic thing like movies like science fiction movies fantasy movies movies that are too much of like an unbelievable thing or whatever they don't get respect they're just considered like they're that kind of corner of the movie and tv sphere and they don't like get emmys they don't get like academy awards superhero movies don't get that uh, it's always like maybe we'll give them sound design right. or like an visual yeah or like costumes i think suicide squad won in costumes the first one yeah they did i do remember that it's like okay fine um aries <laughs> aries out there says k2so is supposed to appear in the series right yeah i assume season two he will be in season two because they alan like was already signed on and for mm. some reason i remember like last minute seeing something that like he's pretty much pushed to season two because uh season two will take place over a span of like five four, years four years I four four yeah. years and then i'll lead right up to the events of rogue one yeah because we've yeah. All, already seen the other i'm assuming k2 something or another's like on the beach on that one planet yeah when i was like oh it's k2 oh no uh, uh, <laughs> oh. oh no it's not yeah yeah we were like yay and then we're like oh yeah that was Uh-oh. immediately scary <laughs> just kidding yeah they're scary when they are not like funny like he is <laughs> yeah um mr plow says sorry mr plow says i love the meme about tony gilroy not making the nostalgia action figure mash together what i don't sorry mr plow i'm not understanding what you're what you're writing instead a call to stop fascism i mean okay so like big theme of this of this show is really getting down in the nitty-gritty of like what's this fascist regime which is the empire it isn't good versus bad like we all like see star wars the original trilogy as is like good versus evil but like it's about like how there are competent people doing bad things like when i was a kid my mom used to be like yeah if you're an evil person you're not smart like because to do the right thing would be a smart thing but like it's a simplistic thing that you would tell a kid right but it's not the way in real life there are smart people on both sides every set of the way right so there are smart people in the empire people that you like daedra miro who you want to root for if she was not working for the empire yeah, they they trick you into rooting for her because she's a woman in a male-dominated field who's technically right about the things, but nobody's taking her seriously. So then they trick you into being like, oh, I mean, I know I shouldn't be rooting for her, but technically, I mean, she's right. And then she gets scary and you're like, okay. Yeah. And it's kind of like a reverse with Luthen, where like the more you learn about Luthen, The more gray the, he becomes. Yeah, the more, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. Oh, Lu- I mean, we'll go over Luthen, but the prison break, what was what was Cassian's plan to flood the floor so it short circuits? Why was he cutting that pipe? I thought the pipe was like a hydraulic pipe and so yeah. thus would impede the hydraulic system, but that's not the case either. Yep, I've got in my notes, what is Cassian doing with the pipe? Um, I thought he was just taking it for a weapon. But then, yeah, it looks like there was something, I think it short-circuited. 
I remember watching it and being like, I should rewind that. And then being like, oh, it's too late. Yeah, I, I thought it was for water. distraction. Like, cause obviously when that happened, it triggered the alarm system. They went to go check it out and then they got to start their attack. I thought it was something as simple as that, but it could have been. It wasn't like, a distraction thing because there was a point like where they're like the fight turning like, on. They were like, we're going to turn on the floor. And then Kino is like, everyone get on the tables. Yes. And then like, then like we think the there was one guy who's still on the floor and he doesn't die. There One guy gets fried and then Kino's feet are on the floor, but he doesn't get fried. Oh, yeah. Which I, I mean, maybe I'm a dumb, dumb English major, but I thought that water and electricity together made electricity worse. Yes, it does. But if you have, if you have one source of, of electricity, mm, mm. like it'll spread. So one source would spread through the water. But if you have all these sources and receptors, if you drop your phone in water, it doesn't make your phone more powerful, right? Good point. Right. <laughs> your, your phone gets supercharged and you drop it in the in like the sink. But if you drop if you drop like a plugged in toaster in the water, it'll electrocute you. Because it's one source of electricity. Got it. But Science. there's all these little parts that create different charges and different things. You're gonna mess up everything. Okay. Yeah. I believe you. That's I mean that's the way I see it, but you know. Um, but so yeah, good. so, so I guess that's for the thing. And then is that what happens in the beginning or no, what happens in the beginning is yeah. they come back from the death of Olaf, right? Olaf. Yeah. Yeah. And it starts with them wheeling him through like the floor where people are, yeah. dying, which was very grim. Yeah. Very grim. And then, and then they're all back in the barracks and that's when Kino tells everyone what happened on them too yeah yes um and then we cut to the isb where whatever's going on with the ship that had the pilot in it with anto krieger who i'm i don't know if it was that i was just so captivated by the prison break plot that i wasn't really paying attention or there was just like a little crumb of information but they're gonna investigate it because that's what it looks like the they ISB? should do but it was the undercover guy that gave that suggestion. Yeah, I'm not 100% yeah. on what's happening. There. So they decided to go through with Daedra's plan where they killed the pilot, set the pilot on um, on the ship, and then they found the ship. And the question is, do we keep following this lead? Mm. Like, do we press, like, aggression? Because that's what we would normally do. Or do we stand back? I think that was what they're, they were arguing. Okay. Like, do we aggressively kind of, I don't know. It was like that. Be aggressive or don't be aggressive. It's kind of their, what they were kind of arguing about. That's the only time we really see Deidre Miro, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's and like. Then, and then we go to Ferrex for 20 seconds. Which <laughs> I, I must have like blinked and missed because I don't remember a damn thing about yeah. that. And then we go to Mon Mothma. Then yeah. it's the Mon Mothma scene. Yeah. Is that with Bix? Did Bix, was Bix in that scene? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. didn't even feature Bix at all oh all right um yeah and D- Davo, Davo? I'm, I'm confused because there's a guy named Davos in Game of Thrones who I'm very confused uh-huh. uh, with who's also <laughs> like a thief so this guy's he's like Davo, a gangster yeah. guy yeah Davo 
um, who looks like the scummiest person I've like, <laughs> just real stereotypical, um, like the trench coats, the fancy trench coat thing, uh, the hair. He just looks like a. Oh yeah. Kind of a Davo Skulden. Davo Skulden. I would love to create names for Star Wars. They bet they have so much fun doing that. Like, like the names Plixbo Clarno. But then we got Lonnie. Lonnie. Yeah, every yeah. so often they'll be like the name Stu. Stu Blickflork. It's like okay, and I stew? and I'm a chef. I make soups. Like, right, okay. but I mean, yeah. If they if they if they give them like an Earth name, then they like throw in the most random last name. Yeah, I have to go find what Lonnie's last name is now. It'll be like yeah. the name's Bryce Plazaneus, and it's like what Bryce <laughs> Bryce Plazaneus. I like how we, there's always the laughter about how weird Star Wars names are, but the main protagonist's name is Luke. Luke. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Mon Mothma in this scene does such a good job of playing, like, I hate this man. Like, and she's not even, the way she's not trying to hide it at all. Yeah. Mm-mm. Just delightful to me. As soon as that offer he put on the table too, she was like, get out of my house. Like, we're her, done. <laughs> her face, it was so good. But the best was what Davo said. He was like, that's the first lie you've said. Like, she is thinking about it. Yeah. And now it kind of, it, it's that thing that clicks of like, oh, that's why they keep bringing up the daughter. That's why the daughter keeps popping into scenes. Because you have to know that she has this tenuous relationship with her daughter, that it's not like she could casually be like, hey, you just got to meet this kid. You don't have to, you know, but she doesn't have that kind of rapport with her daughter. So, like, there's no way it's going to go well. I also saw it as, like, if she told her daughter, don't get involved with this boy, the daughter's like, I'm going to get involved with this boy. Oh, she would. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's definitely her. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, I uh, I don't know. The guy's so skeezy. Like, Dabo? I didn't like it. Yeah. Yeah. And that whole, like, that's the way they do it on her home planet thing, like the arranged marriage. Because part of it is she was in the arranged marriage with Perrin, who sucks. Yeah. So why would she want to do that to her daughter? Because her daughter yeah. sucks. Her daughter's the worst. Karen and her daughter. And like every time she's in the scene, I'm like, oh, she's just so insufferable. Yeah. Poor Mon Mothma. Like, free her. <laughs> that being said, I do understand, like, Mon Mothma's not there for her kid, but Mon Mothma has a job to do. So I don't, like, I can understand their viewpoint, which is like, you're not ever around. You're acting like you care now, but you're never around. Like, and, you know, to come to the defense of insufferable 14-year-olds as a high school teacher, um, they won't be like, a lot of them are insufferable. I was very insufferable. I turned out to be a an okay human. So the whole idea of, there's a lot going on. You know, she thinks her mom sucks. She's on, you know, dad's team. Um, but the idea that she's contemplating maybe putting an arranged marriage together for her 14-year-old, pretty gross. Don't like it. 
um you can see how hard she is taking that like how she's grappling with it and that she hates herself for the fact that she's thinking about it yeah and poor mon yeah uh derpy 501st in on on youtube says hey what's up to derpy um aries 13 says an okay human who's an okay human me that's what i just said i, oh. I, grew, I was a bad 14 year old but i'm an okay you're okay human. human yeah um yeah that, i mean that it was an interesting scene not much happened in that scene because it's just one scene but mm-hmm. still a solid scene to kind of push us forward um but with the prison break they short circuit the thing the the new prisoner like you could see them like there's not enough guards for everybody uh cassian knows it he's trying to tell kino you have to do it today or tomorrow or whatever right we have to do it this is the only time we'll be able to do it and kino is so like hesitant like what cassiana what do you think was going on in kino's head because i was really wondering about that because it was just like I think with a lot of scenes, you just like, I feel like we don't know how long, I don't remember if they said specifically how long he has been in the prison, Um, but he was a leader in that prison. So I think almost he, almost like he was just too far into the system that he just feels like he is truly betraying something that for possibly years and years he has been forced to believe and not only believe but then force upon other people like you need to do this work this is how we need to do it on program like all that sort of stuff so I feel like he was betraying a piece of himself that he's had to like adopt like he had adopted so long ago and I feel like that was like his hard like his like big obstacle to like overcome yeah I I, I I keep thinking about it because I didn't get to w- rewatch the episode. Did he know he wasn't going to make it out? I think so. You think from I, the get-go, he was just like... Yeah, I think he knew the only way out. So for me, the one-way out refrain, I've been thinking about this all day, is there's one way out. You're either going to die in here or we're going to break out. And he has to know that it's water. He has to know the plan is to swim to land. He has to know they're not like, because if the plan was to hijack a spaceship, like that would have been included. So that's on a rewatch to me was like, he gave the speech. He did all this stuff. He said, you know, don't die until you put up a fight. All this stuff, knowing he wasn't going to make it out. And I think if you, if that's how you read it and that's how I read it, it, it makes it even more intense. Cause then his fear, I mean, for me, he's, he's conflicted because he's been however long, like Hasina, like you said, he spent all this time in the prison, having faith and hope that if we just do it, if I do what I'm doing, I'm going to get out. And it's been what, like 24 hours since he found out that everything he's been doing has been for nothing because he's not getting out and nobody's getting out. Like, talk about Cassian getting radicalized over the course of the season. He had to get radicalized in like 12 hours, you know, to go from just toe the line and you'll get out when you get out to we have to do it today. Like, that's intense. And the fact that he does it, knowing that he's he can't swim. Dear Lord, it's so good. It's so good. 
I mean, and I think if I think you can read either way, I think you can say he might have thought he had a chance, but I don't think so. I and I would I would like to hear um, I want I want someone to interview Andy Circus and ask him that. Mm-hmm. Um because I want to know if he was playing it as he knows that the only way out is through water and he can't swim. But I don't I don't know. That's how I read it, but I think you could do it either way. Mm-hmm. I uh I've told you this before, Sarah, um, Cassie and I, you know, I, I don't think I have, but I, um, there are moments in movies and TV shows and stories that are like right before a character is going to die. And like what they do in those moments that like matter a lot to me, like it hurts me on a very deep level. So, like, at the end of Armageddon, where Bruce Willis dies, like, he, it's been 30 years. I haven't seen it yet. It's been on my to-watch list. Is it really? No. No. Okay. Have you not watched it? I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. I I mean, it's fun. It's a fun, sad kind of movie. I know the song. I I know the song. Yeah. But, like, Bruce Willis decides to stay back and blow up the asteroid himself, even though he has a daughter on Earth. But he does it for his daughter, and then he like in his eye, he like flash forwards and sees her wedding that he will never be there for. He, you know, sees the 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 kid he raised, and then he like dies. Uh, and he pulls like he pulls the trigger or whatever. And and like that kills me every time. Armageddon in Infinity War, where Peter Parker dies. It doesn't matter whether we know that, like, of course, Spider-Man's not gonna actually die. He thinks he's gonna die. He is dying. He comes back later. But, like, it's what you do in those moments, right? Yeah. And so, Kino, the whole Kino thing, I can't swim. Like, he, it hurts. That hurts. It's the, for me, it's the, it's the rogue one of it all. I mean, that idea of. Rogue one also. That n- end scene. Knowing, knowing you're not getting out, but you're going to fight like hell anyway. Um <laughs> And there was a moment where Kino, this is why, okay, hold on. I just got it because it was my note and I crossed it out. This is why I think that Kino knew from the beginning is he volunteers to stay behind to hold the level. He's like, someone has to stay behind to hold the level. And then Cassian's like, nope, come on. You got to come with us. Because I wrote in my notes, oh, is he staying behind? And then he ran What's with hold the level? Like, okay. He was going to stay behind to be like, I want to make sure that they don't follow you or whatever. So I thought that was the sacrifice play he was doing. Oh. Because he wasn't going to follow them all the way to wherever they were going. And then Cassian was like, nope, you got to come with me. Yeah. So I think that was him trying to do that. Ah, I think such a heartbreaking part of it, too, was like not even just like the I can't swim, but it was just like kino staying behind and cassian getting swept up with everybody else and that'll probably be the last moment that you know he'll ever see him and it's like he couldn't even help it he like he had to go along with everybody else he was completely taken away from like this moment he was having with kino that maybe he could have come up with a solution but it just it was just too late like i thought that was heartbreaking too like the look the look on like cassian's face like diego luna's acting in that moment too you could just see like you could see true sadness and it was just so heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's always like thinking two things like Spider-Man and Infinity War, like a line like, I don't want to go. It's you know, is that what he said? What did he say? No, that's Doctor Who. 
No, he, uh, he does say like, um, uh, I don't want to go help me, you know? Yeah, yeah, and something like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yes. mm-hmm. um, and for like sad lines that are sad are good, right? But to have something be as heartbreaking as I can't swim. One thing. Like, who would have thought that? In the whole plan. In the whole plan, like, every step of the way, things work out. (laughs) And then to have it coupled with ending the episode last week on the most unexpectedly badass line of all Star Wars, never more than 12. To then come in with the most unexpectedly heartbreaking line of all star wars i can't swim like is beautiful is incredible mm-hmm. good good lord these writers sure can write it's like if you say both of those lines to like people that are actively like watching Andor and like very very caught up in it it's like you can feel the emotions coming back i remember the never more than 12 men i like tweeted it out i was like guys i got chills i'm so excited and now you say i can't like can't swim to people like they'll feel that sadness. I feel like they have such an effect on the watchers. Like they're doing such a great job. Um, one of my mutuals on TikTok, uh, Kit posted a uh, a video about it to like the edit of Bing Bong from Inside Out, being like, "You guys made it. Take her to the moon for me." And with Kino saying, "I can't swim," and I was like, "I will never forgive you." for this connection like, i there will always be a place in my heart full of hatred for the fact that you just made this exist in the world and now you guys have to think about it too hmm. i forgot about bing bong bing bong yeah. hurts uh yeah I, it's definitely a bing bong moment another example is that like I, I i used to have a friend we're not friends anymore and not because of this but whatever uh he had seen toy story three before me like i saw it opening night but i think he saw an early screening or whatever and he was like uh he was like the movie ends with the the characters go into like a furnace and i'm like that's ridiculous why would that happen and he's like just wait and see like that's where toy story three ends and that's how they end the whole thing and i'm like well that doesn't make any sense like how do they end up in the furnace that wouldn't like happen like that's ridiculous I'm watching the movie. They end up on the conveyor belt towards that furnace. I'm crying because I'm like, (laughs) this is correct. Like, you're right. Like, I didn't think this was going to happen, but like, this is where it ends. And they, and the characters hold hands and the care, the toys embrace that their death is coming and they embrace it together. And I'm 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 like I'll cry today for it. Like I cried then, I'll cry today for it. But the fact that like those toys know they're gonna die in that moment, and then they don't, right? And I'm because I'm thinking to myself, how are they gonna get saved? It doesn't make like I and then they get saved, but like <laughs> that kills me. Tiny, a tiny alien Deus Ex Machina with the with the claw. It was the claw. <laughs> I thought it worked, but oh, that 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 kills me. Um, um, Dimitri, you know that I have previously welled up in tears talking about the first time that Luthen and Cassian met, and it was like, this is it. This is like the birth of the rebellion. Yeah. Um, for me, this was very much like that. I very much got a lot of goosebumps thinking about like the 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 Ewokness of it all, you know, like this idea of the empire is big and scary. They've got this big and scary prison where everything is scary 
genuinely terrifying, but we have more people and we've got pipes and we've got the tools of the things that we were building for you and we're going to overpower you. And that was like, I was like crying. I was like, this is the rebellion. This is, this is, yeah, you have nothing to lose. (laughs) And you, you know, they've got blasters and you've got pipes, but there's 5,000 of you with pipes, you know, this idea that it's the hope or it's the desperation or what it's whatever it is that this small power is going to overtake the fucking death star you know like this incredible like insurmountable amount of power is going to be beaten by the little guys that just have the determination and have the 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 will and the you know bravery and that was like beautiful to me in the beginning a a lot of the characters die like in that beginning rush to the point where it's like all of them are dying at that point do you just say i'm sorry i give up you know what i mean like almost all of them like in the beginning they start dropping like crazy because they're at a huge disadvantage Mm -hmm. you know but the, the one guy who it's his first day like not even his first day really he's like first minute in that room he's like fuck these guys and then he dies but like he he takes that taser right yeah and then they just have to pop their head in and be like come on come on we're doing it and i always loved that it was just shoot the hole and just like what are you guys waiting for come on and they would all just follow along (laughs) yeah uh yeah but like it yeah before they get the upper hand though they're they're at a huge disadvantage with just two guys up on the raptors with a with a blaster and they kill a lot of the characters that had speaking lines in, in those three previous episodes, two previous episodes. Um, just like that, that like that whole uh, that whole idea of just like a small group of people that don't have blasters um, and just have like the bravery and determination. I mean, that is just such a great parallel with Rogue One on its own. They're like, we don't know what to expect. They don't know we're coming but somehow we got into, we got onto this planet Scarif and they made a difference. I mean, they got the Death Star plans and it was just this group of just rebels just sneaking around the island, blowing stuff up. You have three people that snuck in literally to like the data, the data center. Like that's just such a good parallel between the two of just like how, you know, you don't have to have the best weapons. It's not like a big military or anything, but you still win. They still somehow win. And in Rogue One, the the ships that are up in the upper orbit, mm-hmm. like uh, Admiral Radis or General Radis, and like uh, like when they do that like knife maneuver, oh, so cool! That was so good. <laughs> oh, this is what Star Wars is supposed mm-hmm. to be. Hmm. I like the Star Wars, and you know, I, I've I've never made it a secret. Like, I like the Star Wars. Too. I like the I like, star, the, star I like the Star Wars. <laughs> I'm. It's not a secret. No, I like the Star Wars where it's not where anyone can be a hero. Not you have to be the son of Anakin to be a hero. You have to be related to the Emperor to be powerful. Power comes in different ways, and you don't like the fact that you have to be blood related to be a main character of the Star Wars movies is the biggest flaw of any of the trilogies. And that's like 
that's the story they want to tell, but it's almost fairy tale like, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm I'm I I I wanted Ray to be a nobody. Me too. Because who? Why does she need to be somebody to be somebody? Some being somebody is like her choices, her power, her like like you know what she does. That's up to her. It's not about like the fact that she's the granddaughter of the emperor yeah and you can't do the spider-man you know spider-verse everyone can wear the mask thing if you have to be related to a skywalker to have the force you know right like it kind of ruins that part it reminds me and this is something that i've all, all like i've always thought about like when i was a kid i was like what would a star wars sequel be and it's like well what if luke had a a, a son but then luke became the second vader and his son had to fight him. But that's just the same story, which is kind of what the new trilogy was. And it just reminds me of like, there was old Batman comics where like Batman had a son named Batman Jr. And the Joker had a son named Joker Jr. It was like a, it was like a dream sequence, like story that Alfred wrote. It was like weird. But it was like, what's the future of Bruce Wayne? Well, he gets happily married and his son becomes Batman Jr. And Joker has a son named Joker Jr. And those two fight. And it's like... It's like Muppet Babies. In a way. <laughs> but Muppet Babies are... Oh. Muppet Babies <laughs> are Muppet the Muppet Babies are them as babies. Yeah. 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 Um, Mr. Plaus just said that in the chat. Uh, <laughs> Muppet Babies. Um, exactly. Muppet Babies did it right. Muppet babies the were the Muppets when they were babies. Yes, yes. Uh, or in an alternate universe when they're babies. I don't know how the timeline. I need to. I need to get my Muppet into the Muppetverse. <laughs> into the, oh. Um. Also, the guards hiding as they're all running by. Fantastic. This idea that like these guys are also not like true believers in the cause. They just work there. You know, yeah. that they're like, they see it happening and they're like, okay, I'm not dying for this today. Yeah. Um, type thing. And they're like literally doing the thing where they're like crouched down and they're like, they don't see us. Just keep, it's like. You know what that reminded like, me of? I know what it reminded me of, but it's going to be too dark to say. It Yeah, it's probably the same thing. Oh. Ugh, yeah. <laughs> But like, it makes me feel bad for them. But then I realize, oh shit, they're the bad guys. But also what we learn in this show is like, it, it's these like shades of gray and how like agreeing to a bad system makes you bad even if you're okay. Even if you're not bad, if you're uh, you know benefiting off of a corrupt fascist system, you're the bad guy then. Um. The parallels, oh, the Rogue One parallels. Um, so the fact that Kino has to start off his speech by repeating Cassian's words back because he doesn't know what to say. And the fact that Cassian is telling him, it has to be you. You have to be the one to say it. So Kino has to be the messenger, but the message is Cassian's, which is exactly what happens in Rogue One when he tells Jin that rebellion rebellions are built on hope and then that becomes her thing that she calls to action um Mm -hmm. where it's like cassian is like he's the heart of it right so he's like behind the scenes he you know is the you know more quiet one 
but he's got the manifesto you know he's the nemic now essentially like he's got the passion and the ideas but he knows also that maybe he's not always the right messenger for it they need to hear it from kino because kino has the authority yeah but the message is is from cassian and then eventually you know he finds it you know when he starts talking and uh it was amazing it was an all-time speech um i thought it was the best speech of the episode but then i was proven wrong a few moments later yeah um but truly like an incredible performance and just a fantastic speech and the way he's so hyped up at the end that he's like chanting as he's running out Oh, mm-hmm. I, I don't okay. think Cassian's pro rebellion yet. I think this prison break is is will lead us towards this thing, but it is kind of an isolated incident. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah, not I, he's not doing the manifesto that Nemec gave him. No, no, no. I mean he's he's like the driving force, kind of. You know, a lot of um, those ideals are coming through yeah. in whatever Cassian yeah. gets himself into because these oppressive systems manifest themselves in different ways regardless so like he's developing a philosophy against oppressive systems and watching him run off with melshi at the end was delightful i'm so excited to see what happens next with that that was just so funny it's like oh they're running away together like (laughs) every every single scene that deepens the connection between melshi and cassian feeds my soul so much because i know that like they're both gonna die oh okay that's why (laughs) melshi that's why he volunteered to go to scarif you know because what I want? the last time Cassian told him, you know, led them into something, it it was the it right worked. thing to do. Oh, I I hope the final <laughs> episode of this show gives us lost scenes of Rogue One to make Rogue One better. Because I don't buy Melshi and Cassian's friendship, like in Rogue One. He's just there. But if we saw a scene maybe in the final episode or two of like them gearing up for Scarif and explaining a little bit of things to add a little bit more depth to it. Like I'd be all for that. I mean, I think Melshi's gonna, I don't know if he's going to be, you know, a co- you know, in every episode that Andor is going to be in. Right. Um, but I feel like that friendship is definitely good. I, I would like it if that was a through line, if, if they kind of mm-hmm. stuck together or at least, you know, uh, somewhat stuck together because we, we know by the time Rogue One rolls around that they're they're genuinely very close. Yeah. So, and I feel like that's a real a real trauma bond is breaking out of a horrifying prison together. Um, so. Yeah. Uh, Aries says, like the comic trope where the new hero ends up being a clone child of the prior hero. Are you talking about Batman Beyond? Because that's what they did in Batman Beyond. Did you guys ever watch Batman Beyond? I loved Batman Beyond. Cassiana? I can't say I have watched it, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna write down a whole list of things you you gotta watch. Batman Beyond Please top in my way. <laughs> Batman Beyond te- to like top of the list. So like in the whole series, it's just Bruce Wayne trained a new kid, Terry McGinnis, to be Batman mm-hmm. in the future. And then in one of the episodes of Justice League Unlimited, they do the episode's called Epilogue, and you you go even further into like a couple years further from the end of Batman Beyond to show us mm-hmm. that like Terry was a he's not a clone of Bruce Wayne but he is essentially Bruce Wayne's biological son through like cloning through cloning okay. in a way oh, oh, and it's okay. like it was unnecessary 
Harry <laughs> also, is good at what he does just by being good at what he does. He doesn't need to be literal Batman's child, you know? It was also on TV at a very uh, formative time in my life. So I'm always like, yeah, he was the hot Batman. He was real cute. He was like a little bit younger. <laughs> it was a real sleek. Uh, well, he was a high suit. he was a high school Batman. He's a high schooler, yeah. But he was he wasn't he was built like he was in college. Like it was yeah, it was that and gargoyles. Yeah. Uh I remember the girls, <laughs> the girls in Batman Beyond. That was formative times for me. I do as well. Anyway, uh, old, another old old, old, per, old person corner talking about the cartoons that you know back in my Betty Page. You know, <laughs> we put it, we put Betty Page on the side of our World War II planes. Back in my day, the gargoyles were so attractive. I mean, oh, love that show. The gargoyles were attractive, like Demona, Angela. Anyway. That's that's you know whatever. Anyway, I'm looking this up after we're done. <laughs> oh, you have to look up gargoyles. Uh, it was, uh, we so will. <laughs> There's a lot to look up. Um, so uh, let's uh, before we close the episode, I want to talk about Luthen. The final scene. It's really the only scene that we see of Luthen. We see him in his m- museum or art uh, antique store or whatever it is, and he's like the railing is gone, and it's meant to be a message, right? That he wants to meet, right? And we're like, who is he talking about? And then he's talking about this guy who, what, we just met him this episode? I think so. I think he's been lurking around. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then we're like, okay, what's going on? And he's do- and I'm like, who's setting a trap for who? Like, I was like, one of these, is this guy setting a trap for him? Uh... I love the, it might be a trap. And they're like, if it's a trap, we already lost. Like, if they know enough to set a trap for us, then it's lost anyway. So I might as well meet him. I was like, Luthen, you devious, magnificent bastard. <laughs> Luthen so is is cutthroat, though. Like, Saw, Saw Guerrera is out of his mind radical, but Luthen is, like, privileged radical. Like, Saw's living in a cave, and Luthen's <laughs> living on Coruscant, and they're both equally radical. They're and both, Luthen- people will die, except that people will die. Like. Luthen's like, I will just sacrifice Krieger and all his people. Well, it's 50 people. People are going to die. And I was like, oh my God. Okay. I was like, that's intense. That's yeah. an intense thing. We're getting morally grayer by the minute. Right. He- and he's got his cloak like billowing in the wind. Like everything oh, about that scene. He oh looks great. He sounds great. He looked evil. Like it looked kind of like he a did. Vader, like a Vader moment, like where a bad guy's on the catwalk. Yeah, catwalk's historically not a great place to meet a billowing cloaked figure. I thought he was gonna kill that guy. I thought he was gonna like cut the cord to the elevator and the elevator was gonna drop. <laughs> it was a very like intense scene where I was just like, somebody's gonna get shot in this scene. Is there uh-huh. like what's gonna happen? <laughs> But instead, the scene was about, I can't lose you. So, like, nut up, right? Yeah, that guy had the (laughs) audacity to be like, what are you sacrificing, Luthen? And I was like, oh, no. Just, like, immediately regret asking that question. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, He... 
I think Aries wrote the monologue. Yeah. Uh, over there, but on Reddit, we got the monologue. Is it the same one that Aries wrote? I uh, think so. And also, I weirdly want the monologue to become one of those like copy pasta things where people put the emojis in it. What? Um, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah where they do yes. like these long comments where they have an emoji where it's like calm and then it would be like the you know meditating emoji mm-hmm. kindness kinship love and the little heart emoji i've given everything <laughs> okay to, I, i'm having trouble an, i'll, I'll give you an example i have to i'll give you an example okay like <laughs> exactly not right now or later hold on well no yeah i mean i can't there's no way to show it to you yeah you just show it to me later but okay yeah. <laughs> But like, like there's some like I've made my mind a sunless place. I share my dreams with ghosts. I was like, damn, okay, bars. What the what? (laughs) What? Like that monologue, Kino's monologue. Oh. Um, I'm a big fan of I burned my decency for someone else's future. I burned my life to make a sunrise that I will never see. The sunrise I will never see. That's a good one beautiful it's so sad because like progress and change (laughs) is done in generations and that sucks in real life people like in this posting what's i was gonna say people posting people were posting that like monologue and like it was like the sunset on the beach of like road one and it was like the the twin sons where Luke was like looking over like in a new hope. And I thought that was really interesting. A lot of people were like making comparisons between the two of how they kind of connect. Yeah. Uh, did it talk? Uh, it, it, it's just, yeah, there, the steps in the rebellion, like we remember the big ones, we remember Skywalker. Right. But like everybody who died in Rogue One, like in Rogue One, running away from Vader to get that, like the data, they all served a purpose. Right. They all, like, without any one of them, it would have been lost. And I think uh, it's important. Like, we, that's Star Wars to me. Yeah. It's those moments. Because everybody wants to be Luke. Everybody wants to be Luke firing the proton torpedo into the exhaust port. Everybody wants to be that one cowboy. But uh, that's not the case. Look at all the people that helped him get to that moment. All the people from the past that created that story for that moment to happen in that movie. Right. It's like the one guy who makes the the one guy who makes the game-winning shot, you know? But it's like, it's game-winning shot because you had had more shots earlier that you took that led you up until this point. Mm-hmm. You know? Andor makes me sad, but it's like a good sad, but it's also kind of just sad. It's um, such a deep piece. Like, it's such a deep show, and it's yeah. so interesting to, like look into it because honestly at like the end of the day it's it's like a it's like a form of art it really is all of the different layers of stories how they connect to everything the characters themselves they just did a really good job with it yeah um cassiano where do you think uh we're going in the next two episodes 
I have no idea, to be <laughs> honest. Like, I'm like, I like saw like him and Melshi running off the way. I was like, okay, there we go. Like, I don't know. Like, how are they going to meet? Who are they going to meet back up with? Where is their, like, what's their exit strategy? Where are they going to? I couldn't even, like, I don't even have an idea. I don't even know and, what like, planet they're to... on. Yeah, exactly. Do we know? And then, I don't, do they ever say? Is the planet Narkina 5? I don't know. Might be. Or is it the? The name of the prison. Yeah. Hmm. Not 100% sure. Uh, Narkina 5 is a small water moon. Mm. So I that think they're, sense. yeah, I think they're on Narkina 5. Yeah, 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 yeah. So how they're going to get off Narkina 5, I don't know. I'm assuming there's, I'm assuming the final two episodes will be them getting off planet. Yeah, because the way that they <laughs> described that, you know, when I said people, we're saying that it was going to be a three episode arc and then like a two part finale. That's what I feel like oh. is going to happen. Like that's the end of this arc and then it's going to be a two part finale. Right. Okay. Yeah. That that's literally just random people were saying that on the internet. And I was like, that seems like what's happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, I think it'll be their struggle to get off planet. And then they'll meet up with, I don't know, Mon Mothma or Luthen again. Yeah, that's what I was wondering is who's going to who's going to be the first people they see off planet? Who's going to be like their saviors kind of like it has to be Luthen, right? Because Andor might know Luthen's number because he gave him a call that one time. But they shut that down. No, they shut that down. Could be Saw Guerrera. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's not good because Saw's just going to be like, let's let's throw a squid at him. See what happens. (laughs) Not the squid. <laughs> oh, the squid. Uh, uh, it's just so good. Yeah. And I feel like I'm being annoying about it, about how good it is, right? Like I'm trying to tell everybody I can. <laughs> like it's all re- the all the things I've seen on TikTok that are like, all right, enough is enough, guys. You have to start watching Andor now. <laughs> like I get it. You've been putting it off. The time is past. The time is now. Please start watching this show. Like, my favorite is people were because I just made so many TikToks about it in the beginning. I was like, everybody needs to watch this. This is why this is what's going to happen in the show. And to see the people coming back to me being like, hey, I've actually started watching it. And this is some of the best Star Wars I've seen. Like, thank you for that. Or even like people that come up to me at like my work that I work with. And they're like, hey, I've seen those Andor episodes. And I'm like, and they're just like, they're actually really, really good. I was shocked. And it's just kind of cool to see just everybody seems to be just taken aback by this series yeah i didn't know i wanted it honestly like i was just like whatever like what do i care what do i care about an Andor prequel like i i feel like i'm bewildered by people that are like i don't care enough about the character and it's like right but the so the show is going to make you care about the character. That's what shows do. Yeah. Um, but it's like. But that's the problem, I, I though. That's the problem with the like, idea of a prequel. I can't believe someone watched Rogue One and was like, I'm not captivated by this character and actor at all. Like, I mean, he was cool, but like, I, I, was, think I was whatever his... about him. Like, I liked him in Rogue One, but like, 
that's the thing. We think about prequels being like, who is our favorite character? Let's see a prequel yeah. of that character. But then that that's also a problem with sequels, right? Or spinoffs. Let's take, like, out of all the Friends characters, let's take Joey, because Joey was, like, the most popular and give him his own show, but it didn't work because Joey isn't a good lead. Like, he's not the lead. He's the comedic support, and it kind of all gels together. Monica and Chandler should have been the ones with the spinoff because you can tell the most stories and expand the most, in my opinion. I, I feel like the reason it works so well with Cassie and Andor is because he is support in Rogue One. I mean, Rogue One is more Jin's story yeah. than anything else. So yeah. he's in a more of a supporting role in that. And then he's also, I mean, it's his story, but he's still, it's not like, 90% of the time we're with Cassian. So the idea that the world is developing, the rebellion is developing, the empire is developing, and Cassian is there for it and an integral part of it, he's still not, it's not like, let's take this side character and make them the main character. Obviously, he's the main character, but it's not, like, they're still, you know, like, he was such good support in this episode, and I feel like it's easy to overlook Diego Luna's performance in this episode, but he was damn good in this episode. I mean, he mm -hmm. is in every episode, but... I, I, I think that where Obi-Wan fails, where this succeeds, is the choice of Obi-Wan as a prequel. Mm -hmm. Like, just because you like I, the character doesn't mean, like, it's going to tell the best story. And that's the thing, too, is I feel like why Andor succeeds so well is, like, yes, it wasn't everybody's top choice as a character to get a show, but it's a top choice for a story. Yeah. It's because he really was at the base of the rebellion, and that is such a good story to be told in the Star Wars universe that necessarily hasn't been in-depthly, like, examined yet. So it's not even like, if you don't like the character, you don't have to like the character. But check out all of these other stories that are going on around him that some don't even involve him, but some of them really, really do. But it's just, you don't have to watch it for the character, you watch it for the story. And this is a perfect show to do that for. Yeah. It, it reminds me of Rebels in that way. I'm number one, I love Rebels so much, but it's that kind of idea that the stories are good and the characters endear themselves to you through the stories that are being told. So you don't have to immediately have a buy-in of like, oh yeah, it's Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's, you know, it's Anakin Skywalker. He's going to be Darth Vader. We, we get to know the characters along the way because the stories that they're telling are good um, and the characters are, are, are compelling. So you don't have to feel like I'm really itching to know the origin of Cassie and Andor to and, you know, because when you start watching Breaking Bad, you're not like, you know what I already know this show is about and want to see a chemistry teacher who starts selling meth and becomes a drug lord. Right. Like you don't know where the, you know, and you know, you don't, you didn't know that you wanted that story until that story came along. So you might not have mm -hmm. known that you wanted to hear about Cassian's role in the birth of the rebellion until the story came along and it was great. Yeah. Yeah. Is, I'm so happy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited for what's to come. Uh, I want to thank both of you so much for coming on the show and taking time out of your night uh, to be here. Um, before we get going, I want to thank everybody out there for watching. Uh, we had Mr. Plow out there. We had Aries 13 out there. Somebody popped in for a couple of things. Uh, uh, first timer somewhere here. Forget. Maybe it disappeared. Anyway, uh, uh, Derpy 501st over on, on YouTube. Green Paper said hello earlier on Twitch. 
Um, thank you to everybody out there. If you're watching us, twitch.tv slash the Keeg Show or youtube.com slash the Keeg Show, or you're listening to us on our podcast, which is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, and iHeartRadio. Uh, we're all over the place, but however you digest us, thank you for digesting us. Uh, before you we get going, uh, Sarah, where can we find you online? What do you got coming up? Anything you want to plug? Uh, you can find me uh, on TikTok and Instagram at Ms. Underscore Marauder. Um, con, uh, winter con season is happening. So uh, lots of cosplay shenanigans uh, happening. So if you like uh, specifically My Hero Academia cosplays and uh, Spy Family cosplays, that's what we got coming up um, with my adorable child. So All right. All right. And Cassiana, thank you so much uh, for coming on this show. Um, when are you going to get like a shirt that says it's just Cassian, but with an A and then like you and like a rebel pose, like doing your thing. I have no idea. I have my, my one. I was going to say your shirt is so good. You should take that shirt <laughs> and like, you know, do it, but with you. I got to do some graphic design, figure out some printing. I need some more Cassian merch and figure out how to get my name in there yeah my my friend made a spirit jersey an andor spirit jersey like they sell at oh. disneyland with the with the logo and then the andor in the font on the back uh with her cricket i want that, I want that. <laughs> all right um mm -hmm. i want to i want to create a rebel cosplay that's kind of like cool smuggler kind of you know rebel kind of thing but like an or uh, like original character kind of thing, but we'll see how that works. Um, do it. Let me know. Let me know your measurements. I'll sew something for you. Ooh, ooh. Okay. Uh, Cassiana, uh, where can we find you online? What do you got coming up? Uh, you got anything to plug? Absolutely. Well, first off, thank you for having me. Love being able to talk with you guys about Andor. I'm yeah. always so excited to talk about it. Um, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Cassiana Posey, which is just my full name. TikTok is Cassie and X always um, coming up uh, right after Thanksgiving. That weekend is San, uh, San Fran Fan Expo. So I will be there oh. entire weekend cosplaying. So cosplay com content coming to Instagram and I will be at the con. So that's pretty much what I got coming up. So awesome. Uh, mm -hmm. You do great work. And so I'm, I'm really happy to have like talked to you on Instagram live when we did our Instagram live chat and then getting you on <laughs> this uh uh it's been awesome so thank you so much for uh for doing this especially because you're you're two hours ahead of us so i know it's <laughs> even later than it is now totally okay just happy to be here talking with you guys it's so much fun thank you yeah, thanks for thanks for coming on um <laughs> uh thank you everybody out there uh if you want to give back to the show you can go on patreon.com slash the keeg show but pretty much uh tiktok and instagram at the keeg show those are our two main ones tiktok and instagram uh, we do multiple different shows a week. So we got the Andor After Show every Wednesday night. We only have two episodes left, episodes uh, 11 and 12. Uh, we got Comic Talk every Thursdays where we talk about that uh, week's new comic releases. Uh, we also got the King Talks on weekends. It's pretty much every weekend from now on. We got Black Panther coming out. So we're going to do the Black Panther Wakanda Forever podcast episode. Uh, so definitely stay tuned for that. Uh, and we do Instagram live chats every Monday night with different content creators and you know, cosplayers and, and whatnot. So uh, we got a lot on our schedule, but follow us on Instagram and TikTok at The Keeg Show to uh, to stay up to date with everything. Uh, thank you guys so much for uh, being a part of this. Uh, thank you again to Sarah and Cassiana. 
for for doing this. Once again, I'm your host, Demetra Pereira, and this has been another episode of the Andor After Show. This time, episode 10. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Super 